Log Talk Radio. The Hollywood Boulevard Podcast, hosted by Jonathan Moody and Donnie Sturgis. Hey, 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 guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. Um, as always, I am Donnie Sturgis, and uh, with me, as always, are my incomparable partners, uh, Jonathan Moody and Alfred C- Crane. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, we also today, have uh, we also have my dog my dog Lady and Guinness here, so, so oh, they may well, bark. Good. Hopefully, so the, Kenya, Kenya ho- hopefully they'll up. add if some. They bark, I'll be careful. Ho- ho- hopefully they'll add some uh, some uh, uh, necessary commentary to what we're talking about tonight. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't have any um, apes with me. <laughs> well. Yeah, and when we when we get to the to the film, well, there there are dogs that uh, are impacted by those movies. But anyway, um, tonight we're going to be talking about the original uh, Planet of the Apes movies, the ones that came out in the in the sixties and seventies, um, based on uh, the novel by Pierre Boulle. Um, basically, uh, one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, despite uh, I happen to to enjoy it a lot, I watch it at least once a year. Uh, all five films. Um, again, the, the the original novel, um, La Planète des I can't pronounce French. The Planet of the Apes, basically, uh, came out in 1963. Uh, it was a it was a wonderful social commentary um, with a with a sci-fi fantasy twist, um, and then was made into a movie in 1968 with. Uh, um, ah, man, my brain is not working today. Um, uh, with uh, Charlton Heston and uh, Rodney McDowell. Um, so, I are you, is somebody talking? Because I can't hear you. I'm not talking. Nope. I'm oh, not talking. That's weird. I keep I keep getting like little snippets of like a voice or something. Maybe we're haunted. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's the but uh, anyway. Maybe it's the ghost of Charlton Heston. Oh man, he's coming back! Damn, damn you guys! You're ruining the movie. Hollywood Boulevard podcast. Damn Damn you all to hell! You blew it up. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, so the Planet of the Apes movies are uh, are are really um are are film series I really really enjoy. I do. We will be talking about the reboots and the remakes on another episode, but I really want to focus on the original stuff tonight because it's, uh, these are revolutionary films. They really did a lot to change uh, the filming uh, landscape uh, in the early 70s. Um, media tie-ins, like, they, they helped establish, like, even before Star Wars. Cause, I mean, you know, Star Wars, you know, with Kenner and everything took off uh, as far as merchandising, but, you know, to be fair, Planet of the Apes had them beat by several years. Um, they were already... Uh, Merchandising all over the place, figures, uh, glasses, you name it. Um, they're they're a huge wave. What's that? Merchandising. Yeah, merchandising. Um, yeah. But uh, 
but the film itself it? uh, started off in 1968 with uh, uh, basically Charlton Heston. Um, Rod Serling uh, basically worked on the, on the script and is responsible for not only the twist ending that was different from the book, um, but also uh, for a lot of the social commentary um, that was the, uh, that's in the film, like the Cold War uh, elements and stuff. Um, one of my favorite films of all time. It's so good. It's so powerful and it's so effective. Um, it's, it's, I think it's just as timely and as, uh, um, uh, powerful today as it ever was. Um, still very, a very valid story. Um, my first time seeing it was when I was a kid, uh, cause I used to show them all the time on network television, like on Saturdays, you know, during their, you know, Saturday after Saturday morning cartoons are over, you know, you'd have your Saturday afternoon matinee or whatever. Um, this is one of those movies that I bonded with my dad over cause my dad loved this movie and I remember watching it and, um, it blew my mind because up until that point, I'd only ever really seen movies that had happy endings in them. I was probably like maybe like six, seven at the time, seven, maybe eight. Uh, I hadn't really seen movies with, with a, with a dark ending before. And so seeing the way, you know, the, 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 the iconic ending with him standing there in the sand, looking up and seeing the statue. Look, first of all, the twist blew my mind, my young mind, because I never thought about it like that. But just seeing such a, an ending on such a down note just blew my mind as well. Like, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, so, but I've been, I've been in love with the films ever since. And they would show them on rotation constantly as I was growing up. You know, they they do like a marathon or whatever or, or show one here and there. So um, I grew up loving these films. Um, so first I want to do is I want to go around the room, um, the figurative room. Um, and get everybody's take on it. Cause I know Moody, uh, I know you uh, have just come into them for the first time, uh, for the most part, uh, fully. And so I kind of want to get your perspective as well. Um, uh, I want to, I want to hit up, uh, Alfred first, because I don't know where you're, where you lie on the Planet of the Apes films, like where you've seen them or when you've seen them. So I kind of want to hear your take on them first and see where, where, where you, where you come from as far as this film series is concerned. Well, um, I'd like to dedicate this show my cat of 22 years and two months past almost a year ago to the day and his name was dr zayas oh um, for dr zayas everybody and uh, dr zayas is one of the principal characters in planet of the apes yep and uh, i had gotten him and his sister slinky who i named taylor until i found out she was a female and her slinky taylor so i had gotten loaded one night it had to name my cat, so I was watching Planet of the Apes while I was getting pleasantly tanked and named them Doctors, <laughs> I guess, and Taylor. So um, that's <laughs> a little bit of how that's impacted my life. And um, To be fair, Taylor could be a girl's name, too, as we've seen in pop culture. It can, it can, Taylor's definitely. Will. I have a lot of friends named Taylor, so that's a good point. Yeah, I'm going to revise that part of my history. <laughs> but... um. No, you're right, because I've got a lot of friends, Taylor, and, um, and, um, so, yeah, I don't remember the first time I, I remember seeing the show, but I don't remember the mm-hmm. first time I saw it, but I thought it was pretty brilliant, and the twist ending is just amazing, it's just like, whoa, and it's been copied in, like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they had some yep. call-outs to that, but, um, I remember I liked that one, and I liked, um, I really like Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and we'll probably get into that in more detail, but I remember the sure. makeup was just fascinating. I, I can't remember who did the makeup, but um, but I remember being in Germany 
and the Amigo toys were out for Planet of the Apes for the TV series portion. Yep. And I was like, I was like, these guys look, you know, back then I, we didn't have the TV series over in Europe, but it was like, I noticed that, um, you know, the, the characters were different. I was like, that guy didn't like Charles Hudson. So, but now it's like, I need to go watch the TV series. And then you would raise the idea of a cartoon series that I saw in here. Mm-hmm. Or I did not know existed, but it's been a tremendously impactful movie in my life. And when they're on, I generally watch them. They're really enjoyable. And um, was it, who is the guy, was Ricardo Montalban in Escape from Planet of the Apes? Or who was the... the yeah, the Ricardo trainer? Montalban, he was, in, he was in Escape and he was in Conquest, uh, playing the same character. Okay, cool. I just couldn't, I just remember that. But I'll pass the baton, the baton, to, um, in honor <laughs> of our French author, to um, Jonathan. Okay. Um, oh, and yeah, Donnie, and I'm curious awesome. how the book ends compared to the movie. <laughs> Maybe we'll get um, to that offline. Uh, well, briefly, the book pretty much ends the way uh, the Tim Burton movie ends. Uh, with with okay. with basically uh, Taylor uh, basically escaping uh, on the rocket ship, landing on what he thinks is Earth, and when he gets out of the ship, the entire world is still po- – the world he's on now is present day. But he gets arrested by some cops, and he finds out that they're apes. Oh, uh, and basically, okay. they the 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 one thing that Tim Burton uh, remake did do is it basically it basically did the original book ending, which makes no sense. Even in the book, it makes no sense. But yeah. you know, eh, it, that's that's one of the reasons why Rod Serling changed it for the film is because the book ending really made no sense. It, it's a great book, but the ending just comes out of nowhere. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, so Moody, you are new, or well, kind of new. To, I mean, I guess I'm guessing you've seen bits and pieces here and there, but you're kind of new to the series for the first time. You watched over the weekend. Give us your take. I watched. Um, okay, so uh, I think like uh, a month ago or whatever, when we had decided we were going to do it, uh, my plan was to go right, right. get all uh, get the copies of all the movies, and so sure. I went to uh, Second and Charles and uh, found, you know, all of them on Blu-ray. So I was like, well, I mean, for 20 bucks, too, it was a pretty good deal. And I was like, that's, you know, that's like $4 a movie, and, and they all seem like they'd be interesting movies to own, you know, so sure. you're definitely going to get it. Uh, watched the first one, I think one of the first nights that I got it, and it absolutely blew me away. Like, the first movie just completely, like, blew my mind of, like, because – I had seen previews of it or clips of it or trailers of it mm-hmm. and things. And I saw the Jay and Silent Bob uh, parody. I've seen the re- uh, the remake, Planet of the Apes, before I watched it, any of these. And I hated it. I hated the remake of Planet of the Apes because I found it to be just too boring. Um, you know, and especially for a, uh, for a Tim Burton movie, I was expecting, I was expecting something more fun. Um, and I just, I, I was sure. not, pleased with it um and then i watched this movie and yeah well first of all i mean rod serling writing it does feel very much like a spinoff of uh you know spinoff movie of of twilight zone Twilight's like you know yep what what the you know they have a big star in it you know like a guest star who's you know mm-hmm. just basically dealing with this fucking crazy idea of crash landing on what they they're not sure what planet it is, and it seems like it could be Earth, and then it turns out to be like 
uh, Earth populated by apes. But what I really liked about it when I first watched it was the idea of how we treat animals, you know, how mm-hmm. we treat monkeys and everything. Um, like the the idea of what if the world had kind of turned and monkeys, like what, what that line in uh, James Bond above, the monkey will spank us. Like, you right. know, we won't spank the monkey. Um, I just, I laugh because like, it's so funny because we, we look at these little things like, you know, us dealing with, uh, you know, po- uh, poisoning animals to help ourselves or whatever, right? And, we, right. you know, what if what if they were to do the same thing to us? And uh, I think later in one of, I think it was Escape, uh, they mentioned something about, because, you know, it's now humans are talking or whatever. And they said in our, in our world, humans don't talk, you know, and you're an ape's talk you know, or whatever. So it, right. just, it it always blew my mind that like, what is going on here? Like, why is this so, this is so confusing, but interesting. Like, what is, what is this world? And I, I loved it. I absolutely did. And, uh, but it wasn't until like a couple of days ago that I started binge, trying to binge watch the rest to catch up because I kept putting things off. Like I always do. Uh, I keep thinking I'll do it. And then I never do. And then, I'm, I did not get to watch Battle for Planet of the Apes uh, yet. Uh, so it's the only one so far I've not watched. Ever. Sure. Five. So there you go. That's Someone is mad after the Apes. Right. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a series with diminishing. What's that? So it's almost uh, like I, Mad I, Max Road Warrior with apes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, well, yeah, it's, 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 that, it's that standard dystopian um, uh, dystopian future which is very commonplace in the late 60s, early 70s, because we were coming, we were in, we were in, in Sconce in Vietnam. And so uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of films and TV shows were, were, you know, were basically dealing with the fallout and dealing with the emotional trauma, you know, coming out of that conflict. And so our, you know, our media reflected that considerably. Uh, Cause if you look at it, like, you know, both the Mad Max series and the ape series occurred, you know, not, not too, uh, you know, somewhat around the same time within the within the, within the seventies time frame. Um, but the thing is, the, the thing about the Ape series is all of them were fairly successful to varying degrees. Um, they, but I mean, it's it's a it's a series of diminishing returns. The uh, the first film is clearly the classic. It's the best one. It's got a great cast. Um, it 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 delivers themes of racism. Which it's 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 cool that you mentioned the whole treatment of apes, uh, Moody, because it's also that's actually one of the major um, uh, major social commentary uh, bits that run throughout the entire series, and and it's coupled with the whole idea of racism being a major issue, especially once you get to the third movie, um, and so you have mm-hmm. all this you know like socio political uh, commentary going on with 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 how we treated animals and now how now we're being treated the same way racism you've got the, you've got cold war elements coming out of it as well and again because of the you know we're we're getting into the vietnam conflict at that point um so this movie you know the first movie that came out it was very very heavy and it was very very uh it was it was a very powerful film uh you know doing what science fiction does best you know basically telling stories uh based on the things that we're dealing with in our daily lives and taking them and displaying them in a in a way that we can look at and, and take in as entertainment but also go well, look this makes me think um 
So the first film is is is, is amazing. Um, the makeup effects were really really good. I believe the makeup guy, his name is John Chambers. Um, okay. For the time, the makeup effects were phenomenal. You know what's funny though now is if you if I because I own the there was a there was a um, a deluxe box set that came out probably about 10, 15 years ago, right around the time that the Tim Burton movie was first coming out. Actually, yeah, it's actually more like 20 years ago because it came out right around the time that the Tim Burton movie was coming out. It was kind of a tie-in. And all five movies on Blu-ray, deluxe box set, came with a booklet and all this other cool stuff. Uh, I ended up picking it up uh, eventually when it went on sale for like super cheap, uh, probably like a year or so later. Uh, so it's it's actually one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite sets in my collection, my Blu-ray collection. Um, but that first film is just it's 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 an incredible movie. Um, and again, you, you you know you get to the iconic. There's so much. There's so many iconic moments in there that you know get your filthy paws off or you know hands off of you, Dan Dirty Ape. Um, you know the the you know the the cutout you cut out his brain and start yeah and that stuff was like disturbing. that. Right, mm-hmm. and and when and when you're an eight year old child, when you're an eight year old child and you see that for the first time, and you see like you like you butchered him, like you you cut out his brain, and I was like, oh my god, and you and you you see the 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 white film over his eyes, you just see him staring blankly, like that's horrifying to an eight year old. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. So I mean, it's it's incredible, and so. Um. Where are we at? We're, oh, wow, we're already 17 minutes in the, into the end of the episode. So, damn, yeah. Um, I think we, I think we've, I think we've kind of all equally acknowledged the first film and its merits and what, it, and what it, you know, its its place in the pantheon of film history. So let's move on to the second one. The second one, the second film, um, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, uh, was a rush. Well, I say a rush job. It was they scrambled to make a, a sequel because the first one did so well. Charlton Heston didn't want to be in it, but he was contracted to. So they made him a deal, or he made them a deal. He would be in the film, but he only wanted to be in it for a brief amount of time. At the beginning and the very end, he wanted to see all shot on the same, you know, basically the same days. Um, he shows up at the beginning and the end, and basically his salary gets donated to charity. Um, so they had to scramble for another another lead actor, bringing in um, – oh, um, they brought in – Something for James it, Franciscus. Franciscus. Uh, no, it was uh, J- James Franciscus who played Brent, who was basically Taylor 2.0. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> now I, I literally the... thought that was Charles and Heston again when I watched it. Like, <laughs> I, I just I didn't know. Like, I thought he was just you know just playing another guy and everything. I just didn't know. And then right. I didn't realize, oh shit, he doesn't sound the same. He doesn't, you know what I mean? But he's basically yeah, he's, he's almost a carbon guy. copy. Yeah. yeah, he's almost a carbon copy. The downside is he doesn't have near the amount of charisma that Charlton Heston oh, does, no. and you have to follow him for the entire film. Um, this is widely considered the worst of the five movies. I don't agree. Um, I do I believe don't that it has some. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. It, I think it has some serious flaws to it. It definitely, I mean, you're. None of the movies up to the after the first one are going to live up to the first one. That's obvious. Um, the major flaw with this one is, yeah, having to replace Charlton Heston with a guy who's basically Charlton Heston but without with zero charisma was a huge flaw, and it made it really, really hard to follow the movie. But 
it has probably the best, uh, well, one of the best, in my opinion, um, uh, I guess, extra twists that, that's been in a series. Because now you see that there is underground a group of humans that survived that are still intelligent. They haven't gone feral like the ones up above. And they've all been affected by radiation from a nuclear bomb that they're, that they're basically worshiping as a god. And that is that is huge. Like that's you're talking about now. You're bringing in theocracy. Now you're you're bringing in, you know, all of these other themes, and complicating the the, the social commentary even more, or making it more complex. Um, I find I find the scenes with them to be the most fascinating out of the whole movie because because the bulk of that film is just Brent and Nova traveling across the desert looking for Taylor and that kind of gets boring and it drags a bit, especially, and then you've got mm-hmm. the, the apes on the heels. But once you get underground, once you get into the meat of it where you get to meet these people, they look normal at first and then their skin comes off and you see that they're horribly like affected by the radiation and they have psychic abilities. That's terrifying in and of itself. That's like a new terror. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm curious to hear your guys' words about it. Um, we'll, go, we'll start with you first, Moody, since you are new to the to series. Um, second film, what's your take on it? Okay. So I, you know, I just watched this recently, so it's kind of fresh in my mind, as opposed to sure. you guys who I don't know if you guys rewatched them or, or not. But um, I did. There, it's really, yeah, it's really fresh in my mind. And the thing that uh, I liked about it, I mean, I, I liked it. Like, I think I told you guys, the way that I've seen it so far, and maybe this is just because I'm watching them this way, you know, but right now it seems like each one I like less, you know, like less less and less with each other. Like, I like the first one first and the the best and the next one, you know, the next, you know, whatever. But uh, what I really, really dug about it was like, yeah, as you said, there's a new terror. Uh, It seems like humans have evolved into this like nasty uh, race of people who just want to destroy the world. Um, but mm-hmm. they're worshiping like the, I guess the H bomb or something, some kind of bomb mm-hmm. that's going to like, yep. and it doesn't make any sense to me. And they're like, why? Because they call it a peace tool yet. They use each other to fight, you know? So there's like, there's, there's a little bit of like hypocrisy to it. And there's right. just a lot of, a lot of depth, to the to this film, and I always get mad because I just watched this um uh what is it uh this like guy's ranking of uh of the Planet of the Apes, and he like he said like beneath the Planet of the Apes was his least favorite. I wanted to punch him in the face because I disagreed completely. <laughs> um, but I mean I I know I understand why people don't like it or whatever. But considering like yeah, A is very dark. It's got the darkest ending. Uh, spoiler alert for people who may not have seen Beneath the Planet Apes, but the uh, the Earth blows the the planet blows up at the end. Which mm-hmm. I heard a story about how apparently they did that because uh, Richard Zanuck uh, was uh, I believe it was Richard Zanuck, one of the Zanuck was fired, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Well, if I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna fucking blow up my franchise. So fuck you guys." Right. And yep. he blew it up and. And he had Charlton to do it. Yeah. Yep. How awesome. Like, it's like the star also being able to go, fuck you. <laughs> you know? Yep. Like, you know, like, hey, if I'm not going to be in this series anymore. Neither is anybody else. And I just thought that was the most awesome ending to a movie. 
just as you thought the first ending was the first movie had the greatest ending, I thought the second movie had the best ending ever. And um, it just it was so dark and grim, but in a way it wasn't. It was light and fun. So it's not like Conquest, which I think is just awful and boring and grim and has nothing but just this nasty commentary to itself. Um, I, I didn't find there any kind of funness to it at all, you know, like uh, torturing monkeys and doing all, you know what I mean? Just, it was not fun at all. Even the revolt at the end just seemed like, okay, this doesn't even, I don't want to, anyway, that's, I'm digressing. So I'm going to go pass it on to Alfred. All right, Alfred, give it. Yeah, I just think the whole, I love Beneath the Planet of the Apes. It's one of my favorites. I'd put it yeah. up there with the first one. And, um, I mean, the whole, that, um, all praise be to the bomb, that whole worship ceremony. I one of my friends, Elliot, he loves to quote that, and that gets me laughing when he does. But um, that whole right. sequence, it's just so, it's, um, it's just like campy, but it's it's neat, and I just like how they have this whole society underground and how they're trying to trick the apes, and the apes are you're having to deal with illusions and and uh, and I think that they're getting. It seems like each one they had to. It's like M Night Shyamalan. He he does the zinger at the end of his first movie, and then it's like each movie has to have a zinger at the end of it, and I think you know. The end of the next couple, they kind of left them hanging. Like, wait, wait a minute. But yeah, I like I like the the dynamic of Beneath Planets, and, and the quest part was kind of dull. But once it got mm-hmm. to the, the, the underground city, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a it's a fun movie, and I can I can watch those two a lot. The next three, not so much. They're okay, but. Um, um, they're not my favorites. I like, yeah. I'll, I, we might have a question addressing favorites, so I'll delay that phase yeah. of order. Yeah, if, if we if we have time, I definitely want to. I definitely want to see where, how everybody rates the movies, uh, basically. Um, but yeah, the Beneath Planet of the Apes. Um, you know, it's it's definitely. Um, I wouldn't say. I, I like it. Like I said, there, there's and that's the thing. I there's a lot that I love about each of the movies, which is why I love the series as a whole. It, it does get the flaws get to be more uh, bigger and and a lot harder to ignore by the time you get to the last movie. Uh, but there's still so much for me to love and so much charm for the films uh, as a whole. Um, the uh, so and this is another cool thing too is basically they the with the exception of the first one they they practically release a Planet of the Apes movie every year. So that's a that's a huge turnaround. That's a that's a huge, like you're you're putting out one a year. Like that's that's ridiculous, uh, you know. But at this point, the 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 monster was already created. The 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 machine was already rolling along. So we get to Escape from Planet of the Apes, 1971. You know, having to figure out a way to com- continue the storyline now that the Earth has been blown up in the future. Um, the uh, the creative minds behind the series had decided, hey, let's do another time travel, but let's do it in reverse, and let's let's do the exact opposite of the first film. Let's take three apes, put them in what would at the time would be the present day, and watch how they uh, deal with a society that they are misfits in. Um, 
And I'll say this: I think I think Escape from the Planet of the Apes is probably my second favorite of of the series, mainly because I really loved the concept. It's I mean it's ham fisted, like because there's there's a there's there's a plot hole. They're like how did they get the ship going? How did they get? How did they launch it into space? They had no idea about this technology was all about. Like there's there, you really have to suspend your disbelief. But that opening scene where the where the ship crashes in the ocean. The astronauts come out, and you're like, okay, uh, did Taylor make it home, or did, like, are these what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, apes, you're like, oh my god, you know, I, that opening alone is is just it just grabs you. And then from that point on, um, I I just love I love seeing you know Cornelius and Zira uh, try to survive in present day, and of course the politics that are involved that are against them. This is where you really start to get the the racism aspect. Uh, of the of the of the social commentary uh, in more, uh, it was prevalent in the first two, but it really really hits home in this one, um, because you basically you know you have all these you know the government uh, folks are you know distrust these apes immediately, especially after Zira makes the faux pas of accidentally letting it slip that she dissected humans, and of course you know humans being humans you know can't you know quite grasp the fact that you know it's a different time and like, oh my god you're just you're evil. Um, my second favorite of the series, I just, I love the concept. I love the idea. I, I love time travel and just in general, um, yeah, but just being, being able to, to, to see them, you know, try to make it in, in this world. And again, another dark ending, um, you know, basically all of the apes get slaughtered except for Cornelius and Zira's Zira son. Um, and, uh, you know, taken away by, uh, uh, Armando, um, played by Ricardo Montalban. Um, so, once again, around the room, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Alfred this time. Uh, third movie, what's your take? Yeah, I like the part where they come out of the ship and everyone's like, "What the hell just happened?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so cool. They took it and then they're running the credits as they're um, doing that. One of my favorite scenes is when they put the banana on the string and then she just mounts oh, yeah, yeah. puts the boxes up and gets the banana, goes back down, and eats, and she kind of kind of like does the eight version of winking her eye at the guard or the, the researcher. Right. I just thought that was classic. And then it goes into the stomach churning. We understand you, so we're going to destroy you. Right. And then I forget mm-hmm. um, who the character was who got killed. I don't know if he get shot or their, their third third ape that was with them. Oh, yeah, the third ape. Um, uh, Milo. Third ape. Milo. My, Milo. Yeah. But um, Kim yeah, Hunter Milo, and Roddy McDowell, they were fantastic in their makeup and characterization. I thought it was great. Yeah, and the way they were able to – they had to overexpress in order to get the expressions to work with the prosthetics. Um, but they did an amazing job. Like you can see every expression that they do. Like they're – like they're it's, it's amazing how they're able to make it work. Yeah, definitely. But I enjoyed that one. All right, Moody. Your turn. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I really did enjoy it, um, especially after Beneath the Planet of the Apes is a little bit more darker and more uh, serious in tone and, and not as lighthearted. This one was a little bit more lighthearted, um, but I didn't mm-hmm. like it as much as the, um, I think uh, after a while it got kind of boring and stale up until like the end, toward the end. I don't mm-hmm. know, for me, but I did love the beginning with, uh, with, with and I especially love the fact that uh, when he's like waiting for them to hear her to grab the banana and he's like, why don't you grab the banana? And she looks over and says, I don't like bananas. 
and everybody right. laughed, you know, because it was like, you know, like it's just it's it's funny. So maybe it's a misconception that uh, apes love bananas, you know, or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so I thought it was. And I think that's what funny, they were going for. Um, yeah, and I think that Kim Hunter. Uh, oh man, I saw a picture of her on IMDb. She is freaking beautiful as hell. Um, kind of sad that she's in that. Uh, face mask and everything, you know, like, oh, she's just, she's wonderful in this movie. Um, And I think I heard a story, um, I think it's in this one, uh, in uh, Escape, uh, where the, uh, I think Milo or somebody was asked to be in, um, uh, it was either Milo or one of the other apes, but was uh, Marlon, uh, was it Marlon Brando, Brando or I think Marlon Brando was asked. No, it was Orson Welles. Orson Welles was asked to be in it, and he said no because he didn't right. think that uh, uh, that that actors should be in Mac. So it went to somebody else. Um, I forgot, but not <laughs> as big known as. Uh, oh, I think it was. Uh, no, I think I'm not sure if it was Roddy McDowell who did it again or something, you know, or whatever. But anyway, right. That's, that's what I heard. I'm getting that completely messed up, but that was one of the things that I heard in a documentary. I liked it. I thought uh, I thought the whole idea of the them becoming celebrities and then all of a sudden the the government turning on them and everything like that just became more, you know, just kind of a little more social commentary on the stuff. And then the dark sure. ending with the uh, sure. with uh, them getting shot and uh, thinking that they killed their son at first. You know, because they they right. threw him in the uh, water. I thought, oh no! Yep. Um, but his name was not Caesar originally, so I guess no. the humans named him Caesar. I don't know. Uh, um, they they establish in either in, I think it's in battle they establish that he has renamed himself Caesar. Um, or it's, it's either that or oh, God, it's it, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but they do establish that he that he gets renamed Caesar. Uh, it might even be by the end of Conquest, but I know definitely by battle they've established that he's renamed himself Caesar. Um, oh, because of but, Caesar, uh, Julius Caesar? Is that it? He right. He did kind of run yeah. like a revolution, you know, a revolt. He did, which, which yeah. brings me to the next film in the series, mm-hmm. uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, um, 1972. Um by the time we get to this film, um, the 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 heavy uh, the heavy uh, message of racism uh, based on the civil rights movement and the 1966 Watts riots uh, becomes a major theme running through the film series um, because this whole movie basically is 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 thick with it. I mean, you have basically uh, an entire uh, nation of of intelligent apes uh, that are being enslaved uh, to do menial tasks because a Virus has killed all of the other types of pets, uh, like dogs. And so they've decided, oh, okay, apes will make perfect pets, which makes no sense, but whatever. Um, And so you have, uh, you know, basically of the revolution started by Caesar um, at this point. And, uh, yeah, it's – it's. I understand – like, I definitely understand people who don't like this one. There is – I – I love it mainly because I love Roddy McDowell's performance in it. I think he, cause he has to carry the weight of the film and I think he does a, a, an amazing job. Um, it does tend to drag. In fact, both conquest and battle uh, really tend to drag partway through the film. 
Um, but I really love this one because I just I love seeing the, uh, especially the at least the first half when you see you know basically Caesar trying to uh, you do his you know do what he's told and then you know because Armando's like look you got to keep it low key. Um, it does kind of get muddled uh, a good like about three fourths of the way through. Um, so I definitely understand why this is like on people's like you know lower on their lists or whatever. Um, so we'll go around. We, we we don't we're running out of time here, so we're gonna have to do this really really quick. So uh, Moody, we'll go with you first, and then we'll go with Alfred. Well, I kind of said my piece a little bit when I was you know going off on a tangent earlier. Um, mm-hmm. That that was like my least favorite too. Uh, it was grim, right. nasty, not fun. Um, I didn't find anything. I don't know. I I found it was not as much fun because there wasn't there wasn't enough talking apes to me. You know, there was it was mm. only Caesar allowed to talk and everything, and it just it became kind of just a you know like I I I didn't buy it at all. I, I didn't buy that these these apes look like all him. You know, they should have looked like yeah. real apes. You know, they should have gotten real apes to to do stuff that they could have you know, or something trained apes, you know, but no, it just looked, it, it was crap to me. It was the worst so far. And I didn't see battle. So we'll be able to skip me on that. So next You'll, I'm giving it to Alfred. What? All right, Alfred, go for it. It was, it was definitely tense when, I mean, you saw the, you could see the downward spiral starting when the, when the pompous people were like, no. And then it was like, okay. Right. And then when they started, uh, I forget what tripped the revolution, but um, and then the, I remember at the end where they're like having the stand down with the the police and the apes, and the, it was just like, wow, this is kind of crazy. But um, no, I thought it was good sci-fi. I mean, it's really setting up um how the the world went from one from man to ape, and um, I think it, to be honest with you, I these escape conquest and. I've seen the least, so I'm going to give them another right. watch. Because, like um, you said about um, Roddy McDowell, he, he's he's just fun to watch in these parts. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. All right. Um. So we'll all right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and kick into battle real quick. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. So battle basically finishes the series. Um, it's uh, gets it has the lowest budget out of all of them. Uh, it completes the narrative. What it does is it kind of sets up a it, – it ends with a happier tone because it, it basically – by the time you get to Battle for the Planet of the Apes, it's in the future. There's a huge war that occurred that basically – you know it, it, it almost goes in the same direction as the first movie, but it's different. This time, humans and apes are, are living together in harmony or in, 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 in some kind of harmony. Um, they're trying to work together. The, the humans can still talk. The apes, you know, they try to work together. They're trying to have a piece of coexistence. But then you have this military faction that basically wants to fuck it all up. And uh, basically it, it's just all about uh, that conflict, you know, and, of course, the themes of racism and stuff continue to prevail. Um, it's, it, I think it has some of the weakest parts in it. Um, I do like the fact that it tries to keep a, a, an open mind. It, it basically – it doesn't necessarily uh, contradict the first movie, but it's like this is where we're because because it, it still takes place like a couple hundred years before the first movie even occurs. So it's like at this point things seem to be okay, but that doesn't mean they can't get worse like they did in the original timeline. Um, I definitely I definitely think you should give it a watch. There's there's a lot of really great uh, mechanics involved. Uh, 
you probably won't like it as much. Uh, you're, um, it'll probably continue to go downhill for you, Moody, at this point, which is fine. That's that's actually uh, that's a that's a very common uh, a very common uh, response to the to the series. I I really like it. Just I just I I look at I look at them all together as a series, and I'm just like this. You know, it's even the weaker of the of the films. Uh, still carry a lot of the goodwill from the earlier films for me, which is why I still like them as much. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny because this, this is one of the first times that uh, that because uh, originally they were all kind of the first couple of movies came out, they were looked at standalone films, and then by the time you get to the third movie, it's like okay, this is a series now, which hadn't really been done at that point. Uh, so again, this film series revolutionized filmmaking. It you know basically how how it tied into merchandising, how films were made as far as sci-fi. And you see a lot of that. The, the influences of the series are still widespread today. Like you said, the scenes from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, they're, they're, you know, the the ape stuff is is uh, is has influenced a lot in sci-fi and in basically you see it in commercials and stuff like that. Um, we're pretty much almost out of time. I do want to mention real quick that you know there was a television series and an animated series that were based on the on the films because of how popular they were. Uh, the live-action series kind of uh, was more in line with continuing the storyline from uh, the last film so that humans and, and, and apes were trying to live together, but there was still conflict. Uh, the animated series, however, kind of wanted to go more back to the first film and make it so that they're, you know, the apes were the dominant species and the humans that showed up from their spacecraft were basically trying to help liberate humans and trying to you know, basically stop the apes. Um, both only lasted, I think, like a season. Um, but like uh, Alfred said, the, the the series continued to propagate in in media and like you know lunch boxes and costumes and conventions. Uh, in 1960, there were like eight conventions, which was unheard of. Um, and of course, toys. It's 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 incredible. Like this, the media presence that this series has has created to the point where we we're revisiting now with you know with the Tim Burton attempt and now with the new movies that are really really successful. Um, that said, I think we're kind of out of time here. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to thank Alfred and, and, and Moody again for, for, for chiming in and, and, and giving us their take on it and everything. Oh, quickly, quickly. And, and obviously Moody, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be minus one. So my order for my favorites in the series are one, three, two, uh, five and four. Uh, that would be my order. Uh, for the films. Alfred? One, two, five, three, four. Nice. And Moody. Oh, wow. Uh, well, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four. One, in <laughs> order. Nice. Nice. Right. That's not yeah, an uncommon I mean, response yeah. either. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I'd like to thank go. everybody. Yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, this. Obviously, um, we might have to we might have to jump into this a little bit more too. Cause, I mean, forty five minutes certainly wasn't enough even just to do the original uh, films, and I would like to talk about this more at a future date. We definitely want to talk about what? the new stuff we as well at some that. point. We, we could do that on an episode of the mainstream at some point. You know, since yeah, we're doing, we could. We could. Uh, I'm kind of sure. doing a lot of the same ones. You know, a lot of the same sure. stuff uh, in the first season of the mainstream that we've done on Hollywood. So um, nice. awesome. That'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you, Donnie, for running this and everything. This is awesome. Well, no problem. Uh, it, was kind of a tr- it was kind of a truncated conversation, but I think it was still a good one. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so um, I guess we, we're probably going to get cut off here any minute now. So I uh, just want to say, everybody, uh, have a good night, and thanks for listening. Yep. And right. check out the Facebook because I'm going to be posting more stuff on there, uh, trying to right. help everybody out and get more information out to people who may be interested in the films that we're watching. So thank you guys cool. for everything. Thank Once you. Again, thank you. Everybody have a great night. Bye. You too. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.